0: Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live ninety five.
1: It's the time of the year where children are settled back into school. But how do you know if your child is being bullied in school? What can you do about it? And what support? is there. Let's hear first from Mary Dunn. She is from the National Association for Victims of Bullying on some of the telltale signs that bullying is happening.
2: So if a child is starting out new it's very hard to know what's going on with them. There could be maybe discomfort in the class they're in. But when you come down to the area of bullying there's a lot to be aware of Joe. But the most important thing I would say to parents this morning is to start listening, because you're going to hear things. Children will be probably coming more forward with language that maybe you weren't aware of, and um, just, just listen to them, because they really get afraid. They won't know how to deal with it, and you need to be aware of that. And you probably won't know how to deal with it either. If there's a continuation of unhappiness in a child, that they change their patterns of sleeping, of eating of maybe not wanting to go to school. It's the, the, the classic symptoms will always be there. The pain in the tummy, the nightmares at night, all of that remains there. Um, I've had a, a great chance th- this year to study second level in particular of what's going on. And it's the same issues. Uh, girls will be out side, Boys will have a subtle way of tormenting somebody or telling them they're not good enough. Um, it's the same thing that you watch out for. But with teenagers, they will tell you they're coping. They're not coping. So it takes time. It takes time by the school. It takes time with the year ahead. It takes time for parents. There may not be any other alternative, but we have to give the young person or the child the right to say, I'm staying in this school and I want something done. It's no point in having an anti-bullying policy if nobody knows how to use it.
1: It's Mary Dunn there from the National Association for Victims of Bullying and Fiona O'Malley is from the mental health charity Turn To Me and she's with me on the line. Good morning to you, Fiona.
3: Good morning, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. So you've launched a support group for parents of children who are being bullied. Tell us about
3: that. Yeah, we decided to launch a support group for, as you say, parents of bullied children because we've seen an increase in the number of parents who were signing up for our service who who are looking for help on how to support their children who are experiencing bullying and they'll say things to us like I feel so lost, I'm not sure what to do, I don't want to overreact but I don't want to underreact either and they just feel completely helpless and they're not sure how to intervene or if they should intervene and of course bullying back in my day when I was going to school it would have been name calling or maybe exclusion or maybe physical with a bit of pushing or shoving Um, bullying today is predominantly online and the thing about bullying online is that it doesn't, um, it never leaves the child really uh, or the teenager really when they're, you know it's not a matter of oh when they leave school they leave the bullying at the school gates. This type of online bullying follows them home and parents can really really struggle to to deal with that and they're not sure how to support their teenager or their child who's going through that type of bullying because that type of content, if it's shared online, whether it's about the child or whether it's, you know, footage involving the child or the teenager, they can feel ridiculed, humiliated, and they can quite rightly worry about the content being dispersed to a wider audience when it's up on social media. And we also hear about young people who are actually bullied by their own friends, would you believe it? And this seems to be particularly prevalent in all girls schools and this can be a very very difficult period for teenagers and young people and particularly when teenagers are already going through hormonal and physical changes it can be a very turbulent time and as I said some people some parents feel helpless when their child is going through um, that kind of uh, period so we decided to set up this support group and will be facilitated. It's uh, free for everyone who joins it and it will be facilitated by a mental health professional who will guide them through that process and who will give them some tips on how to cope.
1: Yeah. Uh, Professor James O'Higgins Norman is also with us. He is director of the DCU Anti-Bullying Centre. Good morning to you, James. Good morning, Joe. So you've done a lot of research along with your colleagues into this and one would imagine this time of the year... Can be a particular worry for parents, you know, either people starting a new school or settling back in or a new year or the way that classes are mixed up from time to time. And all of this can, unfortunately, be occasionally fertile ground for some bullying, can't it?
0: Absolutely. Uh, um, children turning to school after the summer had to renegotiate the relationships that they had in the school environment before the summer and maybe they're going into first year in second level school. They they might be with a whole load of people that they hadn't been so familiar with before the summer holidays because they're coming from different schools. Um, But we know that the uh, bullying begins to intensify from fourth and fifth class on in primary school up to first, second Um, year in secondary school so it is a a time of the year when all of those relationships are being renegotiated and at the heart of bullying is always a power imbalance so often what happens is that within those that renegotiation of of those relationships um, some people become more dominant than others and uh, there are different reasons why that happens and they then can exert power in a good way or a bad way. On um, their peers in, in, in the classroom.
1: And is some of this about othering people, if you see what I mean? You know, that for whatever yeah. reason, some people feel they need to have um, a, a contrast with what they see as their own group.
0: Yeah. Uh, So again, that comes back to that power dynamic. So you can have power uh, because you're physically bigger than someone else. And we all have that kind of old-fashioned stereotypical idea of the school bully being the big, 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 heavy kid in the the yard, go around bashing up the other kids. But there are other ways of um, having power and... Uh, othering um, children because of a perceived difference uh, is, is a very real one. We know from research now that that's much more likely to be the way that the, the bullying takes place rather than a physical um, format. So, for example, uh, global research tells us that, uh, that about a third of all children experience bullying in one form or another. And um, those who are bullied or targeted, it's often because of the way they look. Um, their body size, um, their ethnicity, their race, their perceived sexual orientation. Um, They're they are the reasons that, the hooks, if you like, uh, on which they are targeted and therefore othered. So there's a, there's a whole level to bullying which is around, I suppose, some would argue you're, the, the bullies are policing the kind of normative culture of society and anyone who is seen as being a little bit different um, uh, can be pushed to the edge and pushed out
1: Yeah, I was interested that you said from maybe fourth class onwards up to about second year is when this can be at its most acute
0: yes yeah, um, I get, you know, I suppose children are becoming a bit more independent in those in those years, and uh, parents are beginning to, I suppose, stand back a little bit, hopefully, and give them uh, the ex- children the experience of, um, I suppose, developing their own agency and becoming more more autonomous. Um, and in doing that, they're trying out um, their their identities, they're trying out their personalities, they're, they're pushing boundaries, they're making friends, and in all of that, uh, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, uh, bullying behaviour can can emerge.
1: And what happens then after second year? Do do things settle again? or Yeah, so I mean bullying can,
0: can happen to anyone at any age um, but what we find in the school system is that from around third year on um, relationships are established so people have exerted the power that they want to exert, people know who's powerful and who isn't um, so therefore people stay away from each other, uh, they respect whatever relationships have been established and things just settle down until they finish in second level school. It doesn't mean that everything's positive. It just means that, I suppose, those those power imbalances become a bit more consolidated and people work around them and work with them. Right. Unfortunately, in the most extreme cases, those who are targeted for bullying sometimes feel their parents feel they need to take them out of the school altogether. So... Um, that's always a really um, sad because, in a way, you're moving the, the, ter- the person being targeted rather than the person yeah. who's doing the bullying.
1: And, and we know from talking to experts on this over the last couple of years that because of social media and it has all sorts of impacts on bullying, but one is that even moving school can't necessarily stop this because of the WhatsApp groups and the social media.
0: Absolutely. And remember for many, many, many children going to school today all over the country, they're going to their local school so even um, if they don't go to that school anymore, they're still living in the local community, so online and offline the contact with the bully is uh, or the child to bullies is is still possible and can still be a continuing problem um, for them so all the the more reason why it's really important to have preventative strategies in schools that will um, hopefully um, stop the development of bullying behaviour so we know from the research from educational programs and the research we've done around them, that the more education children get about difference, about inclusion and diversity, uh, that the prevalence rate of bullying goes right down. Yeah. So for example, in, in DCU we run a program called FUSE, which is uh, funded funded by the Department of Education and is available to every second level school, Every sorry, every school in the country and uh, that program focuses on helping um, children and young people to recognize, respond and report bullying and it's being found to be quite successful.
1: We're chatting to Professor James Higgins Norman, uh, who is director of the DCU Anti-Bullying Centre, and Fiona O'Malley, who's CEO of Turn To Me, the mental health charity. Um, And I see, uh, Fiona, that this isn't just a one evening course that you're doing to help parents of children who are being bullied. It runs for a number of months on a weekly basis, doesn't it?
3: It does indeed. So the support groups for parents of um, young people who are experiencing bullying will start Wednesday the 27th at 7pm. It'll be on our online platform, turntome.ie, and it'll run for three months. It'll run for September, October and November, the last Wednesday of every month at 7pm. So if anyone wants to sign up for any of those services, they can go to turntome.ie.
1: Yes, and those who, for whatever reason, can't make the course, you have lots of tips and advice on turntome.ie as well. We do
3: indeed. We have lots of tips on our website Yeah, turn to me on how to deal with
1: these issues. Um, and, and one of the most interesting, I think, uh, of the, I think you have uh, seven pieces of advice. You can keep communication channels open. Encourage your child or teenager to do a social media detox. Try to broaden your child's social circle by encouraging them to sign up to local sports teams and other activities. Uh, plan fun family activities. If the bullying persists, speak to someone in their school or college. Uh, and if the bullying involves threats, then report it to the guardie. But you also say to make sure you tell your child that bullying is temporary.
3: Yes, absolutely. It's important for a young person or a child to know that they're is an end in sight and um, that the bullying isn't forever and the town that you grew up in isn't the only place you're stuck for the rest of your life so if you go to college if you travel if you get a job when you grow up you're more likely to be surrounded by like-minded people who you'll have more in common with so for for those reasons you know oftentimes when people go through a difficult period one of the most difficult things about trying to cope or trying to get through it is to kind of you know you might think oh god will this ever end but it, it does end and um, particularly as I said when people um, move and they go into um, situations and circles and um, programs that are you know an opportunity for them to meet more like-minded people it's unlikely that those types of behaviors will will persist.
1: Yeah uh, the other point James O'Higgins Norman is that People are often afraid of that step that uh, turn to me, advise, talk to someone in the school or college because the sense is it'll just make things worse.
0: Yeah, the research tells us that um, the children and young people don't report bullying online or offline to adults because they feel that they will make it worse or they will take their devices away from them. And that's that that's you know, that is the end of the world for so many young people today to have a device taken away from them because that's they live online and offline. Um, so it's really important that it, as part of the education program, which should start well before the bullying incident occurs, <clears throat> that the message is put out that if they tell an adult about the bullying situation, that the adult will listen to them, will not make it worse, and that they will be involved in, in making decisions about how to address it. Um, it's, 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 the key thing is developing that confidence in the young person about, um, about uh, the adults who, who are around them, and they won't make it worse. The other thing that's really important, and I know you're talking a lot about victims today, but we also have a responsibility in schools to those who engage in bullying behaviour. And sometimes that can be frustrating and can be hard to understand for the parents of a child who's targeted. Um, schools of a duty occur to both the child who bullies and the child who is bullied. And um, sometimes um, that's a difficult situation because if a child is bullying, there's often a reason behind that. And that needs to be addressed as well. Um, and one of the hardest things is for a parent to get a phone call from a school to say that your child is engaging in bullying behaviour, and that that can be really hard for parents. Often, often the initial reaction is one of, to be is, is is defensive, and they. Um, they don't want to believe it and they find it hard to believe the son or daughter they love would be engaging in that behaviour. So I would ask parents to be open to the fact that any child can be bullied but also any child can engage in bullying behaviour or can be a bystander supporting a bully mm-hmm. and that it, take, it takes everyone to be involved in addressing this problem.
1: Okay, Okay. very interesting. Listen, thank you so much for your expertise and advice both this morning. Professor James O'Higgins Norman, who's Director of DCU Anti-Bullying Centre and Fiona O'Malley, CEO of of the mental health charity, turn to me, and you can go to turnto.me.ie for much more on that, and also the opportunity to sign up for that course for parents of children who are experiencing bullying. Your views, your news, your limerick today with Joe Nash
2: on Live ninety five.